Fitness Pro Mentors community, welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are live with Australian million dollar business fitness education sensation, Jono Petrohelios. Jono, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. I was good anyway because I'm a huge fan of your show and I was yeah. like, oh, it's going to be fun. But now I've got my own intro music, you know? So I was like, this is even better. Well, that, that's specifically your- for me. That's specifically that was, for me, right? That's the other right. Guests I came in. I recorded that, right? in the studio just for you this morning. Like, this is a Jono beat right here, and I threw it down. I might use it again, but it was 100% for you, man. Love it. Thank you, Brandon. I'm excited to to be on and chat. Yeah, well, I'm really excited because, I mean, so anyone that's listening to this, uh, Jono has his own podcast, uh, which we got to talk about at the end to make sure people can check out, but he had me on his show, and it kind of opened up this Pandora's box of me learning more about you, and you have really an incredible story from really everything from being a trainer to an educator to growing an education business to being in my opinion one of the largest in the field especially in australia which is where you're from so um if you're cool man can we start off with your origin story like before we get into business entrepreneur stuff how the heck did you become a trainer yes good question so becoming a trainer was pretty organic for me because, you know, at school, I was okay at school. I wasn't great, you know, but I was okay. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, and I went to like the guidance counselor and they gave you a list of jobs, you know, circle the ones you want. And the only ones I wanted were in fitness. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll get into fitness, you know, and I'll, I'll go that pathway there. Studied really hard towards the end of my um, schooling days and was able to get into university. Just scraped in as, a, as an exercise physiologist. And my dream was actually to work in hospitals with cardiac rehab. You know, all the subjects, I preferred the cardiac side of things as opposed to like the musculoskeletal rehab. So I finished uni and I was like, cool, let me go to a hospital and and get a job, you know? Went to a hospital, you know, they're like, here's the application form. Just let us know uh, you need to have at least, you know, five years experience in working with high level um, clients that have, you know, heart attacks and diabetes and, you know, heart failure. And I was like, oh no, I have absolutely zero. (laughs) So I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, look, I'll start in the gym, you know, start working in the gym and just tailor my clients, you know, teach the the oldies classes, you know, make sure my PT clients are people that have diabetes and hypertension and heart failure and and whatever may be. Um, And then kind of got just like um, a a bit, mm, what's the word, jaded, I guess. I kind of got stuck in that rut, you know, and I was working on the gym floor and you know, not even doing a little bit of PT, but more the gym floor stuff, you know, the putting away the weights and the restocking the soda machines and the bathroom checks and important stuff. It's got to, got to be done. Um, but I was kind of like, this wasn't what I <laughs> had in mind, you know, while I was, while I was studying. And then an opportunity came up to run. A, and actually, the, the, and the pay was also really bad at this gym. Um, the, the equivalent, let me see if I can put the equivalent. It was about 40,000 Australian dollars a year. Yeah. Right. So in American dollars, probably in those days, 20,000, 25,000, you know, right. so kind of like the, the bare minimum kind of things. Uh, and then I, I was looking for a, a new job on the Internet and one came up and it was like, hey, you know, run your own boot camp, you know, be your own boss. Uh, most of our trainers make, you know, 70, I think it was $75,000 a year working one hour a day. And I was like. I'm not even making half of that, you know, working full time. You know, let me let me see what's going on here. So, you know, filled out the application and um, was lucky enough to get an, an interview because my resume was good on paper. You know, yep. exercise physiology, you know, was at university, you know, um, had machines. experience working in the gym. What was that, sorry? Filled the soda machines. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, exaggerated on the, the, the resume a bit. I, did, I, I said... You know, instead of saying I was the head soda machine stocker, I was the head personal trainer because I was the only one there, you know, so I'd exaggerate that a bit. Uh, Got an interview, you know, and the the, um, owners of the boot camp said, hey, we'll fly down to Sydney, you know, we'll check out one of your boot camps. Now, there was a problem there. I wasn't running any boot camps because I exaggerated on my my resume, right? I I was training two people at once. That's a boot camp, right? You know, it's basically a boot camp. (laughs) Technically, yeah. I think I was running like a, you know, a, a core strengthening class, you know, that's a boot camp, right? You know, I was, I, you know, uh, exaggerated a bit there, but I was lucky because I, at, this, at, th- at that sort of time, one of the trainers at the gym who was teaching the boxing class um, was going away. He said, hey, Jono, you know, can you teach my boxing class for the next couple of weeks? 
I was like, yep, beautiful. I'll do that. And then I'll get the, the people to come in and look. You know, I taught my first ever boxing class. The the owners of the boot camp didn't watch this one. And I thought it went all right. But at the end of the class, one of the participants came up to me and they were like, Jono, how long are you doing this class for? <laughs> I was like, uh, next two, three weeks, you know, how come? They're like, ah, oh, it was just really, really easy, you know? Like I wasn't even sweating and... You know, when the regular instructor does it, my heart rate's up. There's all this energy. It's exciting. It's fun. You know, yours just didn't have that. And I was like, damn. <laughs> um, but worked at it, you know, came back the next week. And it was a little bit better, right? Worked at it a little bit more. You know, went to some other classes, went on YouTube, you know, um, uh, did, did the usual sort of stuff. The third week, ran it again, the week that the boot camp owners came down and it was like still to this day the best class i've ever done <laughs> i don't know how i did it you know it was just all in my mind and it just best class ever so got the job running the boot camp right and we get to this boot camp side of things now i've got this job working at the boot camp there's like 75 um different locations all across australia and new zealand and you were ranked on how good you were based on your retention basically right how many of your clients would come back if you were ranked number one, exactly, yep, number one. If you were ranked number one, means you were the best. If you were ranked seventy-five, means you were the worst. Take a guess what you think I was ranked, Brandon. Seventy-five or number Bang one? Bang on, yeah. Oh no, 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 <laughs> seventy-five. Because I, I basically lied and got lucky to get the the job, you know. Yeah, so yeah, of course, got this boot camp, but didn't know what I was doing, and I had to have this uh, this meeting at the end of the the year you know all 75 different boot camp instructors would um you know would go to this this conference um and i had to have a meeting with the franchise owners and they were like Jono, you know what's going on you're coming 75th out of 75 and i basically just came up with every excuse in the book you know i was like ah it's not my fault it's the competition you know, it's like there's there's all these 24-hour gyms that are popping up and, you know, there's the internet and there's, you know, so easy to become a personal trainer. You know, it's, it's not my fault. And I was like, also, like, it's the sales and marketing. You guys are like, you know, the franchise owners. You're meant to be doing, you know, the sales and marketing. The marketing you're doing is crap. You're not getting me enough leads and the ones that you're getting me are bad. Um, and I was like, also... Yeah, exactly. And I was like, also, it's the weather. You know, I live in Sydney. It's not the Gold Coast where it's, you know, it's it's good weather every single day. It gets cold in Sydney. It gets rainy. You know, people aren't going to uh, come to a boot camp in winter in Sydney. And the franchise owners were like, all right, Jono, we got some good news and we got some bad news. They said, the bad news is as a boot camp instructor, you suck. You're coming 75th. You've seen the, <laughs> the charts, right? <laughs> but the good news is you can actually do something about it. Because at the moment, you're sitting there blaming everybody else but yourself. Maybe it's not the competition's fault you suck. Maybe it's your fault you haven't done enough to be better than the competition. You know, what courses have you done? What upskilling have you done? And I was like, ah, I get my 20 CECs every two years. And they're like, Jordan, that's the bare minimum. You know, <laughs> like, of course, if you do the bare minimum, you're going to be down the bottom. What do you expect? And they were like, also, um, the marketing. They're like, okay, does our marketing suck or do you suck at sales and that you can't convert the leads? What uh, sales books have you read? What business coaches have you hired? You know, what marketing conventions have you been to? And I was like, oh, i got to do that too, <laughs> do I? And they were like, um, and they were like, also, like, if our marketing sucks so much, why don't you go out and do some of your own marketing? And I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, uh, the weather. They're like, Jono, you can hire out like a school hall or a church hall for like 20 bucks. You can solve your biggest problem for 20 bucks, but you're too busy sitting here blaming everyone else but yourself. <laughs> and they were like, what we want you to do, Jono, is, you know, you're, you're positioned safe for the next 12 months. Um, but what we want you to do is for the next 12 months, don't, um, don't blame anyone else. You know, like if something comes up, take responsibility, you know, say, hey, you know, this didn't go the way I planned. It's my fault. What did I do wrong or what could I have done better? And then what can I do in the future to make sure that that situation doesn't happen again? You know, there's only so many times you can stuff up, Jono, before you, you know, you realize <laughs> the right way to do it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, it's a good point. 
Um, and even there were a few little things. This con- convention like changed my life, right? Because there were a few key things. There was number one, I heard my owner's story, the owner of the boot camp story of the the franchises, right? And she was telling me her story. She was like, you know, a high school dropout. You know, she was like, um, like good looking, fit, fit woman, right? Um, and you'd look at her and be like, oh yeah, it's easy for her. You know, she's good looking. She's a model. You know, life's easy for her. This and that. You know. But she kind of told her story and she's like, you know, I got bullied at high school because I was the dumb one, you know, like, yeah, I was fit, but everyone thought I was dumb and, you know, it wasn't worth trying because I'd try and I would fail. So everyone would tease me. So I'm like, it's not even worth trying. I'm just going to be the dumb person and whatever, you know? Yeah. So I went through, went through school, you know, uh, dropped out of school, got a job at the, the, at uh, Valley Girl. It's like a, maybe like a, a Walmart, I guess you'd say over there. Sure. You know, yeah. so she finished school, you know, dropped out, got a job at a, it's called a checkout chick here in Australia. Okay. Do you have that as well in, in Canada? Checkout I, I, chick? I don't know yeah. if it's the same name, but yeah, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The cool, cashier. Cool. So yeah. it's like, cashier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're a bit, bit more fancier over there, but yeah, the cashier, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and she got fired from the cashier at Walmart and she oh. was kind of like, man, I must be a loser. You know, like, well, I get fired as a cashier at Walmart, you know? Anyway, yeah. I don't want to get too much into her story, but she basically started, you know, got qualified as a trainer, started up one boot camp, two, three, four, five. Before she know it, she's got 75. And she was making $75,000 a week because each location would pay her about $1,000. She's making $75,000 a week without even running the freaking boot camp. And <laughs> that blew my mind. You know, like insane, coming yeah. from my family, you know, my mom's a, a psychologist. My dad's a teacher, educated yeah. people. But, you know, they go and work for someone else and, you know, make $70,000 a year. This was, I'm like, how is this possible? Yeah. So that kind of blew my mind. Um, and then even at this convention, because all the trainers knew what we were ranked, right? Because there was a, a chart that said, you know, John, o- <laughs> I don't think you'd do it in today's society, but back in those, you know, you'd had number one, number two, and number 75 and whatever, right? Right, of course. And when I first when I first went to this convention, like I, I sat down just with a, a bunch of guys, you know, that I felt, felt, felt I'd fit in with, you know, at the table. There were four or five of us, and everyone was, you know, number 68, number 71, you know, maybe number 59 was there, you know, those sort of people. And I, I, you know, I, I vibe with them. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, these people seem like me. Uh, and then you had to change tables, you know, sort of halfway through. And then I ended on a table with like number one and number three and number seven, you know. And I still remember at the time I was nervous to go to this convention, A, because I was ranked 75, but also B, because I thought like everyone would be super good looking and fit and you know, I'd be the smallest and the skinniest and the ugliest, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and when I went there and I saw the table of the the top people that I ended up sitting up with, they were no better looking or, or fitter than me or anything. But the difference was in the conversation. I still remember some of those conversations. Someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get these little gifts for my clients. And I was like, Gifts for your clients? What's wrong with this person? You know, clients pay you. You know, and then um, and then someone else was like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait." You know, there's this course that I'm going to do. Charles Pollock. Do you know Charles Pollockin? Is he big oh, in Canada as well? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. So you know, oh, I'm going to do this Charles Pollockin course. You know, it's two thousand dollars. You only. I'm like spending two thousand dollars on a course. You've already got your qualifications. What's wrong with these people? But looking back now, it's like you see, I, I was able to look back and be like, okay, so if you want to be in the top, these are the kind of things you do. You know, if you want to be down the bottom, these are the kind of things you do, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and that that sort of taught me a lesson there in terms of like, you know, um, uh, th- th- who you hang out with really as well. And right. I still remember I, I went back. I used to every weekend in Australia, I used to go to this pub, you know, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. And after that convention, I was super motivated, you know, went back to this pub and I had a look around the pub and I was like, hold on, they're all bums in this pub. I'm like, maybe if I'm hanging around this pub every weekend as well, maybe I'm a bum too, you know, so I put my beer down, you know, left that pub and haven't gone back there. But long story short, that kind of year, I was like, right, I'm going to stop blaming everyone else, take responsibility. So first thing I did is like a, a boot camp kind of course. You know, how to get better at a boot camp. 
you know, did that course, you know, it cost, I don't know, those days, three, four, 500 bucks. But as a result, was able to, to get some really good workouts, um, learn some really good skills, and I'm, and my retention got better, and also pick up a few new clients. And I'm like, this is great. You know, let me do another one of these. Three months later, I did another one. And in those days, there were only like two boot camp courses in Australia, you know? So I was like, what am I going to do now? Yeah, I'll do a kettlebell course. You know, I'll do a sales call. And I just did a heap of different courses. And each course I did kind of, I got better. You know, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> it sounds, sounds dumb saying it now. But like, you know, back in that mindset, you just, it's a different mindset when you're, you're kind of down there, you know? But anyway, you know, sort of went all in on, on the education, but also the responsibility. I still remember this this one story, right? Because one of the activities the franchise owners got me to do is they were like, all right, right, you know, write down um, a list of everybody uh, that didn't sign back up for the next round and, you know, write the reason why they didn't sign, sign up and why that was your fault, right? Because before I would blame everyone. I would be like, as an ex- here's an example, right? It was this one uh, uh, lady that didn't sign up because she, she played soccer in the winter. So she's like, Jono, you know, I love, I love your boot camp. It's great, you know, but I play soccer and the training is on the same nights. And previously, my mindset was, well, not my fault. She plays soccer. What could I do? The franchise owners were like, well, no, Jono, it's your fault. In, the, in a nice way, it wasn't a blame, but it was kind of like, look, Jono, it's your fault because you didn't make your boot camp a better experience than her soccer experience right? She's choosing soccer over your boot camp. If you made your boot camp a better experience, she would tell her soccer team, sorry, ladies, love soccer, signed up for this boot camp. It's awesome. I'm doing it instead. And I was like, okay. And then that situation arose again, you know, during that next year, a, a woman was like, oh, do you know, I love this, but I got soccer, you know, I can't, you know, I can't, can't sign up for the next round. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's see what happens. Gave myself a little goal, you know, and then when it was time to sign back up, she's like, you know what? I'm going to stop uh, soccer and I'm going to keep doing boot camp. And I was like, all right. And then I took it to the next level because there was a lady that that couldn't sign up uh, because she was uh, moving interstate. She got a better job, so she was moving interstate, all right? And I was like, okay, you know, let's. here's a good challenge for me. I'm going to make my boot camp so freaking good that when it's time to sign up, she's going to cancel that higher paying job interstate because, you know, you can get another job anywhere, right? But a boot camp like mine, I'm the one in the world you can get, right? And what do you think, Brandon? Did I do it? No. <laughs> Bang on. No, yeah. <laughs> You're right. But, but I, I like you it. trying. I think it's a great idea. Well, but this is the thing, right? I yeah. still had my best round ever. Every single client signed back up except for her because I put all that energy in. And right. my, my take on that is if you go in with that mindset, I'm going to make this boot camp so freaking good that someone would turn down a higher paying job into state to be here with that mindset. It's going to be a good boot camp. It's kind of like if that result happens or not is kind of irrelevant, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyways, long story short, went back to that same convention 12 months later. Now, what do you think I was ranked, Brandon? Number one. Bang on. That's number awesome. one. Right. And then, you know, the next year again, number one as well. Also up, opened up a second location. So I had now, you know, two locations running. I think it went from 20 clients to 150 clients. The retention rate went from like 30% to like, you know, 100%. That's awesome. um, and then from there, then it's kind of like fitness education from there. But that's that's kind of the fitness story. That's my background in the, the yeah. fitness space. So I want to, before we jump, because I want to talk about the fitness education and how you grew that business. But I think there's a really interesting lesson in there that you've alluded to. But I think a lot of trainers, a lot of professional people in general get to that crossroad that you talked about and sometimes are perhaps unaware that they're even at that crossroad where they're just getting by. They're making just enough money to pay for everything. They tell everyone they're happy. That's great. But they're really, you know, they're really not right. They really do struggle. They're worried about paying their taxes. They're worried about if their car breaks down. But, you know, they're good and you're good and I'm just going to get by. But then when you become aware that there's another layer of Perhaps you're incompetent Mm. at that skill right now, but now you're consciously incompetent and you can go, oh my gosh, I can either embrace this and take this hard work on and make a change and go that direction because I want that $75,000 a week like that person's getting, or I can go, yeah, but they're just lucky. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. 
And I think that you taking that one-year challenge from going from the worst to the best is absolutely fantastic. It takes a special drive. I think it takes a, a special set of eyes to take a quick second to realize where you are and make that shift mm. happen. But then it's fun because that after that initial huge, stressful, hard change, it just gets easier. Because it's just like, yeah, next, please, next, please, next, please. I'm going that direction. Yeah, 100%. There's a couple things. It's kind of like I was lucky in a way in that I was so bad and that I was 75. Because <laughs> it's kind of like if I was you know, if I was 30, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed. Right. I would have been like, ah, yeah, I'm average. You know, what can you do? You're either good or you're bad. You know, I'm okay. But because I was 75, I had like no choice. You know, and I remember this as well. I remember like I went to the bank to get a home loan. You know, and I was, they were like, sorry, Johnny, we can't give you a, a home loan. And I was, oh, okay, what? Well, I just got to save up some more money. They're like, no, you know, with this salary, you're never going to get a home loan. You need to get a higher paying job. And I was kind of like, man, I'm a loser. You know, what woman's going to marry me? You know, my friends are going to think I'm a loser. You know, I, I got to, I, I, like, I, I was in, I was in that point where I kind of had to do something, you know? Yeah. And that's where I think I was lucky in a way where if you kind of don't get to rock bottom, it's hard to have that that motivation unless you're super driven, you know, and then you're like, all right, you know, cool, I can do it there. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head as well, where it's really hard at the start because you almost need to admit that you're bad at what you do. You know, it's kind of like me as a personal trainer then, it was kind of my identity. You know, I'm a personal trainer, that's who I am. I need to admit that I'm bad at this. And that can be hard to do, but it also depends how you look at it. Like, I don't think you should look at it and be like, oh, I'm bad, I'm a loser, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you can look at it, hey, I'm currently not good at this thing. You know, either I, I'm not naturally good at it or I haven't had the experience. That's okay. I can't go back and change things now, but this is where I am. What can I do to do better? You know, well, great. I love now that I list. I love that list because you literally couldn't get worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like you literally exactly. could, anything would take you up. But I think that mediocrity you said, if you were at the 30, that you might've been like, mm. eh, they're just really good, but I'm fine. And you might yeah. not have made that change. Yep. Yep. Bang on. Agree hundred percent. So listen, I, so we got to shift now because this is where your story gets really interesting, right? So you clearly demonstrated that you went into this thing. You kind of just lied about a bunch of stuff. You made some stuff happen. You couldn't get any worse, but then you became the best and then opened a second location, started making some money, had some processes, higher retention. That's great. And now that entire bootcamp business process helped you evolve into several different things. And in fact, in your original story talking about you need to hang around better people. If you're hanging around slums, you're going to become a slum. You really, I mean, if anyone investigates, I mean, I, I think that I love your story because you're one of those people that I think are true success stories that are kind of under the radar that most people don't hear about. Because if you look at your Instagram, you invested into all the high level expensive coaching and Gary V and all these guys. So you could continue to learn as much as you can to springboard into fitness education online and becoming one of Australia's lead educator. So I would love if you're open to it. How did that transition happen? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So boot camp was running, was going really well uh, and a very time efficient model as well because I was basically running one session a day. It was just like, you know, run one session a day. I had two locations. I'd have another trainer run the other one. So, you know, that was going well and I had a bit of time on my hands and I was getting really into, you know, personal development and, you know, business and that sort of stuff. And I read uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you read that one, Brandon? Yes. Very good. Yep. Classic. Yep. Yeah. And he was speaking about kind of passive income. And I was like, okay, you know, what can I do for, for passive income? And I was always doing a heap of courses anyway, you know, and it, and it kind of all came together where I was like, hold on, I'm doing these courses. And it got to the point where I felt I could put together a better course than the ones I was going to, you know, like I'd always take something out of a course, but let's say I went to like in a few different ways. Let's say I went to a marketing course right if it was a general marketing course i'm like i could put one together specifically for personal trainers because half the stuff here isn't applicable for personal trainers i could put one together just for personal trainers and then even if i went to the a personal trainer one it would be kind of general you know like it's great if you're a personal trainer in the gym but if you're running your your outdoor boot camp you can't do half of these and, and the exercises as well like you go to a kettlebell course 
yeah, great. They'll teach you how to do, you know, Turkish get-ups and snatches and, and whatever. I mean, you're running a boot camp with, you know, in the park. A, you're not going to have 20 kettlebells to give a person a kettlebell each. And it's like, you can't really teach that. Well, it's harder to teach that in, in that kind of environment, you know? So I'm like, I could put together something just for, for boot camps. Um, connected with my business partner as well at that stage, Travis. He was a trainer that was was training for me in my boot camp and a good trainer. And I was like, let's, let's see if we can put something together um, that could help other trainers. Because also on top of that, other trainers will kind of ask, Jono, you've got all these clients, you've got two locations, how the hell do you do it? And I'm like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I've got to put this together in a course, you know? So, um, yeah, wanted to put together a course, but I wasn't a tech guy. I was a fitness guy. And I was like, how the hell do you put together a, an online course? And, you know, Googled it or whatever, and, you know, someone gave me a quote for a website of $20,000. And I was like, oh, that's a big gamble, you know, for something that I don't know is, is going to take off. Um, and then I did, then I was like, I forgot about it for a bit and I was scrolling through Facebook and this is back in like 2014, right? And an ad came up for an ebook, you know, purchase his ebook. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I like to read. I'll get this ebook. And in those days, I thought an ebook had to be like a, a Kindle Amazon kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I, I purchased this ebook and I was like, hold on, this is just a Microsoft Word document. <laughs> Saved as a PDF. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it was good info. Don't, like, don't get me wrong. It was good info. But I'm like, from the tech side of things, I'm pretty sure this person just, you know, press, went to my, like, I'm a technological dunce. I know how to go to Microsoft Word, press save as, PDF, done, you know? So I was like, maybe I can put together an ebook, you know? So me and Travis put together this ebook, and it was a sick ebook. It was everything you need to run the perfect boot camp. It was like, I think it was like 18, it was a not even an ebook, it was a manual. Like it was it was solid, right? And I was like, all right, this is a good course. But there was one issue. It just looked like a Microsoft Word document. Right? <laughs> it was a PDF. PDF. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, I gotta make it look better, you know? And I I, I took a couple nights off work because I was still teaching in gyms and teaching classes and whatever, you know. And I was like, I'll take a couple nights off work to to make it look better. And you know, took a couple nights off and fiddled around um, and made it look worse, actually. Because if you're not good at Microsoft Word, you know, there's indents, there's, you know, that different fonts and, you know, there's breaks all over the place. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do now? So I went on my old friend Google, you know, tried to search for some tutorials um, and stumbled across this website, Fiverr. And I was like, all right, oh, you know, yeah. I can get anything I want done for, for $5, you know. And, and I got distracted, actually. Because I was just looking at all the re the weird things people do for five dollars, and there was one guy on there that said he'd slap himself in the face for five bucks. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" You know, and I'll, but I couldn't resist, so I was like, "So I, I bought it." And he <laughs> sent it back like <laughs> he sent it back like straight away, right? And I was like, "Oh, this is good service." <laughs> yeah, and it was it was it was solid, right? He didn't he didn't hold back. He really slapped himself in the face. I was like, this was a good use of five bucks. <laughs> and then I got thinking, <laughs> but then I got thinking, I was like, hold on. He didn't personalize that. He didn't say, hey, Jono. He just slapped himself in the face. And then I went back to the, 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 the video and I realized he sent me an unlisted YouTube video. And then I checked the views on that. He had 100,000 views. <laughs> on this video so this guy slapped himself in the face one and obviously five a take a cut I, you know, I don't know how that but either way let's let's not ruin the a good story with the, the the finer details right this guy slapped himself in the face once sold it for five dollars sold it a hundred thousand times this guy made a half a million dollars passive income slapping himself in the face once That's and insane. i was kind of like man if this guy and then like no offense to the guy, but like he wasn't, you know, Mr. Charismatic. You know, he had no personality, no charisma, no sense of humor. You know, could barely speak English. You know, just slapped himself in the face once and and made half a million dollars. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm an exercise physiologist. What the hell is my excuse? You know. <laughs> so so that mo that that motivated me, but also that taught me. Hold on, I can also add some videos to this ebook as well. Let me just upload some videos, put them on YouTube as unlisted. 
that's free for me. You know, people can only see it if they've got that that link there. You know, and and also I, I paid someone to edit the ebook to make it look good as well while I was, you know, buying these silly things on Fiverr. Um but then I had yeah, but then I had like a solid ebook. You know, the content was good. It was I'm not gonna say the editing was amazing. I paid someone five dollars on Fiverr. You kind of get what you pay for, right? But it looked better than just a Microsoft Word document, right? And I now yeah. had this course. That was, you know, good course. That was, it took me, it only only spent $5 on, $10 if you include the $5 for the guy slapping himself in the face. So I spent basically $10 um, production on it and it was a good course. Was able to get it registered with Fitness Australia, which is the equivalent to like a CanFit Pro or a, a NASM or, or something like that um, for 10 CECs. You know, I would sell it for, for $200, right? And then it was this. This kind of gets to a, a different uh, side of things. But even just with, with that side there, that was kind of the origin. There was like, great, I've got this this skill set. Let me um, let me get this skill set together in some organized information that can be sold, and then let's sell this thing for for two three hundred dollars uh, with like very little tech production editing anything. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, I mean, when you start something like that, I mean, all that, I, again, you're kind of coming back to a character trait that you clearly have where you figure things out, like, you know where you want to get mm -hmm. and you reverse engineer, like, okay, I want this thing to not look like crap. Well, I'm going to find this guy that slaps yep. himself in the face. Maybe he does some editing too. <laughs> and I'm 10 bucks in, you know, that's, I mean, you've got that trait down, which is absolutely like just incredible. But I mean, we, we got to take this one step further because you've clearly in, created product, you've sold it. And now, I mean, I didn't know this, but you posted up a little sales copy post and I know you were trying to get people to join your webinar, which I'm joining because I want to check it out. But you took this business to a seven figure a year business with multiple course products and that clearly showcases some smart choices you've made between marketing, sales and development. I mean, creating a product like that, I don't want to sound bad, but it's straightforward if you have process. Yeah. Selling yeah. it distributing it oh. and getting it out there and marketing it is an entirely different beast. So how did you go yep. about doing that? Yes. Awesome question. So, um, at the start, there was an element of an element of luck, right there. You make your own luck, but where I got lucky, Hey, oh no, let's go a step further where I was, um, uh, smart is by getting it registered with fitness Australia, right? Because it's kind of like I could try and do it on my own. Right. And I'm sure I could have or I maybe could have, but it's kind of like if I get it registered with Fitness Australia, A, there's like a bit of a stamp of approval. You don't need it, but it kind of helps. It's like CanFit Pro. Someone's going to buy a course. If it's not CanFit Pro approved, I'm not saying you won't. Like obviously if it's if it's Charles Poliquin, okay, you're going to buy it whether it's CanFit Pro CECs or not, you know? Right. If yeah. it's um, you know, who's not if it's Stuart McGill, you know, with some of his 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 back stuff, you know. Yeah. You're going to buy it, whether it's CanFit Pro approved or not, you know, but Jono down the street, who is this guy? Oh, it's CanFit Pro approved. Eh, how bad can it be? You know, it's a minimum kind of standard there, you know, and I need to get my CECs anyway. So it's, it's that there. But what's more important was the exposure, right? I think Australia and Canada's eh, probably similar in terms of, of um, oh, Canada's probably a little bit bigger, but either way, I think Fitness Australia has about 20,000 personal trainers registered with them, Right that are going to their website every day and looking for courses and getting their CCs and whatever. Uh, and I was where, where I got lucky was in those days when it started off, it was literally just a list of 500 courses. You go on their page, here's a list of 500 courses you can do listed in alphabetical order. And my course was called four steps to a successful bootcamp with the number four. So it was listed number one on there, right? It wasn't as planned thing. It wasn't an SEO thing. It was just dumb luck, right? So because of that, I would get a couple people purchase it uh, a month organically. Not a lot, you know, two, maybe three on a good good month, you know. Yeah. And but the, the thing with that, there were two key things there. Number one, it showed proof of concept, right? It was it, it opened my mind again. Hold on, there's people out there that are just going to go to a website and buy this course because it's got a good name and a good description for two hundred bucks without me doing anything. So it showed proof of concept. But also the feedback, because I was really scared at the start. I'm a confident guy, right? But I was like, <sighs> I sold this course. I was still scared on the, the feedback I got back was going to be like, 
you're a scam artist. You charged me 200 bucks for a Microsoft Word document. You know, because <laughs> I did like in re realistically, I charged someone 200 bucks for a Microsoft Word document. That, that's a way you can look at it, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, another way to look at it is I, I charge them 200 bucks for like the best, um, you know, business advice they're ever going to get in their life. But you can look at it either side of the fence, right? So I was really scared. But once I got that good feedback, I was like, okay, I'm on to something, you know? And also it's kind of like, most of the people I knew in the fitness space were in Sydney, Australia, right? When I was selling this course online, someone's buying it from Perth, from New Zealand, you know, and I was like, okay, there's, you know, people from all over the Australia and New Zealand kind of space that really love this info, you know, I'm onto something. And that kind of motivated me there to get deeper into the, the sales and marketing, because what I realized is it was, it's worlds apart online and face-to-face, -face. you know, you're running a face-to-face -face fitness business, yeah, it's kind of like, it's hard not to have at least a few clients, you know, people walk past, you've grown up in the area, you do some networking, you've got some friends, they tell their friends. It's different online and especially with like a niche like personal trainers, because it's like, let's say you're selling to, to general public or even a niche in, in like the fitness field, let's say you're working with seniors, right? Or older adults, they're going to tell all their friends about it and all their friends are going to go and train with you. It doesn't really work like that in the fitness space because it's kind of like, hey, you might have some competitors that you don't want to tell about, or maybe like you don't have a lot of friends in the space. You know, it's like you're the only personal trainer. So it's a bit different there. But anyway, yeah. um, went all in on on marketing. The first thing, so the yeah, the first thing I did actually was reach out to my mentors, the the boot camp owners. And I was kind of like, hey, you know, I got this course. There's a couple people buying it, they love it, but you know, I, how the hell do I get it in front of more people, you know? And they were like, all right, what you need to do is go all in on email marketing, right? Still today, this is good advice, but this is going back in 2014 when it was email marketing was even more powerful and social media wasn't as prevalent as it is today, right? Yeah. But they were like, um, you know, uh, go all in on email marketing. Um, here's a $5,000 course. They actually gave it to me. They were like, hey, here's a $5,000 course, you know, go and log in and, and do it. And it was like the best course I've ever done marketing-wise. It was every trick in the book for, um, you know, for for email marketing. And I was like, all right, you know, let me try this this email marketing stuff. Started to send out um, emails because I had a little bit of an email list because you know I had um, people that inquired and didn't buy, you know, or people that you know bought one course but didn't buy the second course. Um, and also, I'd started up a Facebook group at that stage as well. And I'd kind of invited, you know, other trainers and they'd invited their friends and then a few organic. And, you know, I'd ask for the email when people join the Facebook group and I have a free course that I give people. So I was able to, to sort of scrounge up a little bit of an email list and I would send out emails every week. And then I'd start to make sales every single week. And I was like, okay, yeah, I was like, okay, I've got a few coming in organically. You know, now I'm also, you know, sending out an email, making a couple of sales every week. Not a lot once again, you know, but, and at this stage, I think I had a few different courses. I'd packaged them. So it was now about $500 for a course, right? So it's kind of like, even if you sell two courses a week on email, there's a thousand bucks, you know, pretty passively, you know, so it's, it's, it's still, um, you know, a uh, good kind of money there. And I, it got to the point, you know, we're making maybe $5,000 a month doing pretty much nothing. You know, just with a Facebook group and sending out a couple of emails a, a week, you know, and there was no work to be done because it's a 100% online course, you know, yeah. and I was kind of like, you know what, what if we actually did some work, you know, what if we actually put some some effort into this, you know, what what could it be? And I kind of realized, you know, well, it, it, it really depends on this email list. It's like the more people I have on this email list, the more sales I'm making, you know, so how can I just build this email list? you know, and did what I did, you know, went to Google, listened to podcasts, whatever, you know, and the answer still today, I think, but especially back then as well, was Facebook ads it was basically like, hey, you know, you can run Facebook ads. And you know, you get leads for in those days, like a couple bucks, you know, get your thing out there, you know, get leads, you know, and 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 because I had the back end system, I was like, if I can just get people on my email list, you know, I, I'm going to make sales. So let me put out a, a Facebook ad. So Tried to do it on myself and failed horribly. So, you know, when and when and um, uh, invested in a Facebook ads guy, $5,000. Uh, but probably the best $5,000 I've spent, on, especially in, in those days there, because was able to learn the ins and outs of, of Facebook ads. 
and then just had leads pouring in. And this was a, a big mistake I made as well. I was, I'd put about 50 bucks a week on, on Facebook ads. And I think leads, I can't remember exactly, but let's even call it five bucks, five bucks a lead, right? So if I put 50 bucks on, I would get 10 leads, right? And one in 10 would buy. So I would put 50 bucks on a Facebook ad and I would make 500 bucks and I would get nine leads that would probably sign up later. It's perfect. Right? Perfect. You know, but the mistake I made is I just kept it at 50 bucks because I was scared oh. to invest more. <laughs> you know, right. like I could have scaled up. You know, I should have put, yes. if I could have put $500 on those ads, I would have got 100 leads. I would have got 10 sales. You know, yeah, yeah. I would be in a complete, I'd be running Fitness Australia now. I'd be bigger mm. than Fitness Australia if I, I did that. You know, but anyway, you, you live and you learn. It was, it was good enough in the, oh, actually, sorry, I, I missed a step there. I would get leads, but I wouldn't get sales actually. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I skipped forward. So I was able to get a heap of leads, but I wasn't getting sales. And I think the leads were, so, I thought the leads were, so, I was making the money back in email marketing, but I wasn't really able to have like a direct pipeline or a direct funnel, if that makes sense. I was like, right, yeah. I'll put 50 bucks in, I'll get 10 leads. One person, one or two people is going to sign up next week, but I don't know where they, did they come from last week or a year ago or, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a direct pathway. And I was like, ah, oh, what's going on? Like, and why isn't anyone buying straight away? You know, like, like they're putting their details in, you know, why aren't they buying, you know? And then I, I did some more research and I found that the easier way to get people to sign up straight away is via a phone call. If you're just doing emails, okay, that's all right. Um, but it's more a long-term game. If you can get that person on the phone and actually have a conversation with them, they're more likely to sign up. So then invested another $5,000 in like how to get good at phone sales um, and got good at phone sales. And then that kind of opened the the ticket there where it was like, right, now I've got a good funnel. Now it's like, it was th th that basic funnel I mentioned there. So if I put X amount of dollars in, I'm going to get X amount of leads. I'm going to call those leads. At least one is going to sign up and then more are going to sign up later. That was kind of like, once I had that, the rest just kind of fell into place because I was able to scale up as much as possible. Um, my email list just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, kept putting out more and more courses. Um, also was able to do something similar with Fitness Australia where I could pay them X amount of dollars. They would send out an email for me. It would be a similar system. I wouldn't just send out an email saying, hey, buy my course. It would send an email out saying, here's a course, enter your details to inquire. So I was building my list that way there as well. Um, and that's, that's the, the genesis of it. It probably got to, I would say just doing that, maybe $300,000 a year, give or take, you know, yeah. just, just by Facebook ads, phone calls, um, email and Facebook group and fitness Australia and a few organically there. And then from there, it was just picking off the different things one by one. Then it was like, all right, cool. Now I've got some money coming in. You know, let me reinvest some of this in the, the business. Let me redo my website. Okay, great. Now let me put some money in SEO. Okay, great. Now let me put some money in Google Ads. Okay, great. Now let me um, do some work on Instagram. Okay, great. Now, you know, let me hire some virtual assistants so I'm not working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay, great. Um, let me run some webinars. Okay, great. Okay, let me add a membership site. Okay, great. You know, okay, let me add a um, um, a coaching program. Okay, great. Okay, let me hire some staff. You know, okay, great. It was just like I could go step by step by step by step. But the, the genesis of it is essentially I had a good system for bringing leads in. I knew that I've got something where if I just do this every single week, I'm going to get a bunch of leads coming in. I had a system that I knew that would convert a percentage of those leads if I just do this, a percentage of those leads are going to buy on the front end. And then I also had the back end. You know, how I know that most people aren't going to buy on the front end, but, you know, here's how they can sign up on the back end. And because I had a few different courses and coaching programs and, and whatever as well, like it, it's not just the one sale. You could buy my boot camp course and then come back six months later and buy my kettlebell course. And then come six six months later and buy my social media course. So that's that's essentially the, the genesis of it. I think is in my opinion... It's just that that um, the 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 process of turning cold traffic into money, and yeah, turning cold traffic into money. I think that's the main one, 
because then you're building your warm list on the back end because the warm list is easier. Let's be honest. It's easier to sell to people that, you know, already follow you or already know you. That's the easy part. But it's kind of like, well, how do you build your following? You know, in my what I was able to do is essentially use Facebook ads to get these cold people that have never heard of me to ideally buy. But if they didn't buy, at least they've heard of me and they'll be more likely to buy later on. It's incredible, man. I love it. I mean, one of the things, I mean, as you know, from when we spoke, the mentorship that we do for our trainers is trying to help one-on-one -on -one trainers scale and grow. And we don't talk about paid traffic at the very beginning because we're trying to get people thinking mm -hmm. about building the organic skills first, making some yeah. money, getting to a point where when you do the paid traffic, it's logical because you're prepared to have the conversation yeah. with that cold lead warm to hot. We got to build those skills first. Yeah. But the thing that you said that I think is like so critical that was like an initial step that taught you to take another skill to figure things out was you had the KPI, the, the key performance indicator of that you were getting 10 people mm. and you weren't converting any. So then you figured out, well, I need to convert yeah. one. And if I can convert one, that's a, I'm getting 90% return, which is absolutely incredible. And then mm. just doing that more and more, this whole thing that you're saying, which I love comes down to numbers and looking at the numbers, mm. reverse engineering what you need and then figuring it out. And I mean, look where you are now. I mean, you're a kingpin. You're the goat. Well, bang on it. <laughs> there we go. And I'll, I'll add on to that as well. It's kind of like, because I run ads for um, personal trainers now as well. Yeah. And, but there's a few prerequisites, right? I'll only run the ad for the personal trainer if A, they have a good offer, right? If you're just, you know, hey, it's, you know, you know, 70 bucks an hour, meet me at the gym or, you know, it's 10 bucks, you know, for the boot camp, meet me at the park. It doesn't work. Right. It only really works if it's like, hey, I've got an offer. I've got this 10 week challenge. It's 50 bucks a week for 10 weeks. You get five sessions a week. You also get a home program. You also get, you know, these basic like you need to have that that offer in place first. And then also the sales system. You know, if someone inquires, you need to know, okay, well, what am I going to say to this this person? You know, and it's it's um if you haven't done a lot of sales. Man, it's hard, you know, trying to sell to a stranger off a Facebook ad. You know, it's like get good first with with warm people, you know, get good at, yes. you know, your friends, your family, referrals, you know, bring a friends, um, walk, walk ins, you know, people that have come to you, you know, that's get good at that first. So then when you get to the the harder stuff, you've already got some some runs there. You know, if you just go straight to Facebook ads, whew, you know, if you don't have that offer and the sales technique. And I guess the back end's maybe a bonus because you can kind of make money on the front end on Facebook ads. But if you don't have the back end, you're just leaving so much on the table. It's like you'll make a little bit of money on the front end. And that might be worth it if that client stays with you for months and years and, and that sort of thing. But like most of the money in Facebook ads is the people that don't sign up, you know, because you're, you're building your following and then they'll follow, they'll become a warm person. Yeah. Which leads into where everyone has to check this out. Like, I think this is a great spot to slowly put a pin in it, Jono, but you've built this incredible Facebook group for fitness education online that has over 15,000 people. And I think it's absolutely incredible because you've really curated this social media brand farm to collect all the leads to come in. And you get to have a conversation, build a community, talk to these people, but over time consistently offer them opportunities to help them where they're struggling. It's a business opportunity for you to take these yeah. people who don't know you to become cold to warm to hot, but concurrently at the same time, support people because even people that don't buy your stuff get a tremendous yeah. amount of value. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Jonah, listen, I got to say like, this is awesome. And I'm going to say this now to hold us accountable, but I want to talk to you maybe off camera another day about some stuff because I got some ideas I'd love to bounce off of you because you've done some incredible stuff. But our audience here, they're personal trainer entrepreneurs and they're gym owners who have trainers, primarily one-on-one -on -one training business. With all of the wisdom you've curated from mentors and going through the boot camp style business to creating... Um, fitness education online and other businesses that you've created. Do you have any words of wisdom that you would throw out there to a one-on-one -on -one trainer trying to hit their first 10 K month or even going beyond that? Good, good question. So the best advice I would give for someone in that situation is I would do a couple different things. I would, number one, I would say, set the goal. You know, it's kind of like, all right, you know, what do you want to do? You want to hit 10 K months? Okay, great. But also, also like, 
how do you want to get there? You know, like, is it great you want to hit 10K months um, and you're happy to work, you know, 5 a.m. till 9 p.m.? That's fine. If you do, that's fine. You know, great. You want to do it however way possible. You know, that was me when I was younger. You know, when I was in my early 20s and I had, you know, no life, no responsibilities, no family, no girlfriend, you know, like you can do it, you know. But, you know, if you're 45, you know, you're married with two kids, you know, maybe you can't quite do that, you know. But either way, you know, um, set the goal how you want to do it. And then I would just find someone that's either been there before and done it and pay them to show you how to do it. Or even if they haven't done it, as long as they've got a system. So let's use... Um, uh, I don't know your specific program, Brandon, but I think you anyway, I think you have done it. So it's kind of like, hey, if you want to, you know, go and like, if, if that's your goal, it's you're like, hey, here's what I want to do. Here's how I do it. You know, go and reach out to someone like Brandon that's done it and just follow that step by step by step because it's just the the shortcut. That's that's everything with my story has just been like a shortcut. It's like, all right, I can try and figure out how to do this boot camp stuff myself or I can pay someone to teach me and I can learn in three months what would have taken me three years, you know? All right, I can try and learn this Facebook. I'd probably still try to be learning Facebook ads on my own if I didn't pay that person $5,000, you know? And then I'd probably still be trying to learn these sales tips. But if you can find someone else and pay them, it just shortcuts that journey. Tony Robbins has a, a good quote. I can't remember it exactly, but it's essentially like you can find someone that's got 10 years experience in doing what you want to do, and they can teach you most of that in 10 weeks. So you got two choices. You can go and spend 10 years trying to do it, or you can learn that in 10 weeks and then do the next thing, and then do the next thing, and then do the next thing. So what can take someone 30 years, you could probably learn in a year if you just did that. Yeah, you'd have to pay, but you know it's kind of like you condense that time in there, and then you reap the reward, yeah. Yeah, you get the ROI. I mean, you, you absolutely do, for sure. And this is the thing, and, and in my little science community, I have a lot of people who will ask me, like, well, you've done all this stuff. Look at all the things you came up with. I'm like, well, no, I have mentors. I used to have mentors that mm. had a lot of different skills, but now I have very skill-specific mentors where I need to yeah. get better at this lead generation online. So I hired someone who helps yeah. with this. Uh, I'm good at sales, but I need to get good at sales in direct message outbound. Okay, great. So how do we have a conversation yeah. to, through written word to sell? You, you got to have the specific. Yeah. So you need to curate those skills. And Jonah, I mean, that's where I don't want to take over for you here because I would say in my opinion, that's why I wanted to talk to you. And that's what you've done is that you went from being the worst of the worst to literally figuring out every single skill that you needed to, to now being really one of the best. And I know from when I interviewed you, I asked you if you'll ever stop and you said no, because you keep figuring mm. things out and there's always more to do. Mm. So Thank you for being you, man. No, thank you for having me on. Jonah, where can people find you? Uh, best thing is my Facebook group, Fitness Education Online Community. Just type that in in Facebook. Type that in any social media platform, but um, Facebook group is my best one, Fitness Education Online Community. Beautiful. And then what is the name of your podcast? Because you, besides me being on there, which is obviously your best guest, I know Vincent Gabriel's been on there. you got a bunch <laughs> of other incredible content there. What's your podcast? Uh, fitness education online podcast. So I'm not Mr. Creative, you know, so it's just any any social media platform, you know, fitness education online. Beautiful. Jono Petrohelios, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. You're awesome. Um, I appreciate every moment of your time. And uh, everyone right now, it is three or four o'clock in the afternoon in Canada, and it is eight o'clock in the morning for you. There we go. Can't wait to start my day. All right, Jono. Thanks so much, man. Have a wonderful one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.